Today on The Girl Defined Show, we are talking all about who is defining our identity as women. You know, I remember from the time I was a little girl wondering and questioning for the first time whether or not I was pretty. I was comparing myself to other girls. I was questioning my features and my hair color and everything about me wondering, am I pretty? Do people like me? Where do I find my worth and value? I took that into high school, tried to find it in popularity, being good at sports, took that into my later teen years, tried out modeling, and it took me a modeling experience one year of realizing that I was looking for my identity as a woman in all of the wrong places. I was believing so many lies and I was not finding my true identity in Christ. As a woman, if you find yourself right now struggling with that, wondering how do I find true worth and value? How do I find purpose? Where does true success come and lasting joy as a woman? Stick with us. This is going to be a great conversation. What's up, sisterhood? I'm so glad you're here. If you're a longtime listener, welcome back. And if you're a newbie like, "Mm, I just discovered this podcast, welcome. I'm Bethany, and I'm here with my sister, Kristen. We're sisters. We look the same, but we are not (laughs) twins. Um, We're the founders of Girl Defined Ministries, and our passion is helping women understand and live out God's incredible design for womanhood. And you know that that is a battlefront right now, like living out, embracing God's design for womanhood. God's biblical design is not easy. And so that's what Girl the Girl Defined Show was all about to help you figure out how do I embrace my identity in Christ as a redeemed daughter of God. Stick with us because this is going to be an incredible conversation. We're going to be focusing really the next several weeks on how to embrace and live out God's design for womanhood. I mean, I feel like even now with the social media and movies and TV and just everything, it's hard. I mean, I know we're in our 30s now. (laughs) We're giving away our age. Krista just turned 35. Happy birthday. (laughs) I mean, but do you still feel that pressure? I know we're we're Mm. sharing a lot of stories like, oh, when I was younger, Mm -hmm. past, past, but do you still feel the pressure? Oh, yeah, because there's pressure in every season and stage of life. Like, some of y'all may not know, my husband and I recently adopted two boys from Ukraine um, less than a year ago, so we're brand new parents, and I feel like in this stage of like, okay, what does it mean to even be a mom, and how do you strive after biblical motherhood, um, but not fall into the ditches of any cultural narratives that are telling you, oh, it doesn't matter, you know, that secondary pursue something else, or even a narrative of like, oh, this is my everything. This is my identity. Now, this is like the thing that gives me worth and purpose. Totally. So it's like, I feel like in every season, whether you're young, teen, whether you're single, married, you have kids, don't have kids, there are lies coming at us and the enemy's relentless, oh, right? Yeah. He mm-hmm. wants to destroy our understanding of womanhood because that points back to the gospel. Yeah. And so you know, if you are one of our younger listeners, you're like a teen and you're like, I want to just prepare for the future. Awesome. But if you're in your 30s, 40s, even if you're like, I'm an older listener, I'm in my 50s or 60s. Not that that's old. Our our mom's in her 60s. (laughs) And she is Um, so young. She's so (laughs) young and spunky. Um, We just want your help getting this message out there. So if you would please, you know, every single time that you listen, just go and leave a quick five-star review. It literally bumps the podcast up and helps other women find it. So women who are struggling, looking, searching on the internet, saying, how do I find my identity? I'm struggling with my worth and value, the Girl Defined Show will pop up if you link arms with us and help, you know, leave a five-star review, leave a quick, just like, hey, I love this podcast. That helps us so much. And if you want to take a deep dive, you're like, wow, I am in a place where I would love to take a deep dive on God's design for womanhood. I open up my Bible, but it's hard. You have something that can help me. Yes, we have the most incredible resource ever. This is actually our most popular resource. It's our bestseller. It just continues to like, you just do amazing. And that's because it's a book called Girl Defined, God's Radical Design for Beauty, Femininity, and Identity. And when we wrote this book, we had no idea just how how 
absolutely necessary this conversation was going to be even today. So I encourage you, go to girldefined.com, grab a copy of Girl Defined, God's Radical Design for Beauty, Femininity, or and Identity, or just go to Amazon. Um, you can get it on Audible, um, Christian Audio, wherever you want to grab this copy, whether it's audio or just a physical book or an ebook, you can grab it anywhere. And this will help mm-hmm. you understand God's amazing design yeah. for womanhood. Yeah. So obviously the Bible is truly our source of truth. That is all we need, but it can be hard when you open up your Bible to go, where do I even start? Like, okay, Proverbs 31, that's what I hear a lot of Christians talking about, but where do I go from there? And Girl Define helps you dig into God's word and understand his design. It's like a little guide to help you know where to go in scripture. Okay, so who, if I had to ask you this question, and I'm going to ask you right now, whatever you're doing, washing dishes, going on a run, uh, maybe you're just sitting around driving or you're in your house, (laughs) whatever you're doing, who would you say, what would you say is defining your womanhood. Mm. When you think about your life as a woman and you think about, hmm, what am I striving after? What do I feel like I can't live without? What do I feel like if I don't get that next season or if I don't get that next thing, that job promotion, if I don't recover from this illness, what do you feel like you are upholding and saying, this is my goal as a woman. This is what I'm going after. What do you view as successful? What, Which women are you looking at and thinking, hmm, like that is a woman that I want to be like. And even subtly, maybe influences on social media, people um, in your work place, your friends, and you're thinking, oh, if I could just be more like her. What is it about her that you're looking at and saying, that is true womanhood? I know for me from a young age, I shared a little bit in the intro, I started questioning, I remember the first time, wondering what it meant to be beautiful. And I'm talking physically beautiful. I was out shopping with my mom. A lady came up to us. I was around 10 years old and she started going on and on about how, you know, I I had great modeling material and she was passing my mom her card and said, I want your daughter to come work for our agency. We raised top models from a young age. And I remember that was the first time I really asked the question of myself, am I beautiful? This, This lady, this random lady thinks I'm beautiful, but am I? Like, what does it even mean to be beautiful? And I started looking around at other girls who were also getting affirmed as being physically beautiful, but they looked really different than me. So I wondered, well, if she's beautiful and she has this curly dark hair and I have this really stringy, thin blonde hair, like what is true beauty? And that's a question I know every single one of us as women, whether it's a really young age, whether we're a little bit older. I know Bethany and I joke, she's like, didn't you didn't start really asking questions about, am I beautiful? You were like, I don't even care what people think. I literally, I was like so much shorter than you and just like younger and we're this exact same height now so I don't know when I grew and we're really tall we're both six really one tall. yeah <laughs> but I was more of like I guess how you would describe a tomboy I just didn't mm. care about my clothes I didn't care about brushing my hair I mean you look at old pictures and videos and it's just like <laughs> somebody help that girl like brush her hair I just literally didn't care and then you were the opposite I was the opposite I cared opposite. too much I was like becoming, I was idolizing it at a young age without realizing, obsessing over it. I remember I would brush my hair into the tightest, (laughs) tightest ponytail you can imagine. Okay. Imagine the tightest ponytail. And then I would grab that ponytail to squeeze it even tighter. And then I would douse my entire head with hairspray Mm -hmm. because in my view, a beautiful look at that time in my life meant the tightest ponytail without a single flyaway hair. So I would douse it in hairspray to secure every single stray hair. And you could literally knock on my head like wood. And so my family nicknamed me Helmet Ed as a result. And I share this whole story in Girl Defined. But the point is that I was obsessed with wanting to be beautiful, but not understanding a biblical perspective of what that was. Okay. So I'm searching for worth. I'm searching for identity. I'm searching for value. I'm searching for my identity as a young girl. And, you know, I'm, I was raised in a wonderful Christian home. We both were with Christian, with parents who are Christians, who love us, who care about us, who want to teach us the Bible. But still, I, you know, our flesh is searching, right? And the world is influencing us, influencing us. And even as we 
so often can be raised in a Christian environment, we are battling with this question of who am I? What gives me worth? What gives me value? And I took that into my high school years. I remember searching for identity in sports, searching for it in being popular, um, wanting to be accepted by certain people because I thought, okay, that will give me worth and value. Um, And then that led me to, like I shared a little bit earlier, to a modeling agency that claimed to be family family friendly. And they said, hey, we want you to work for us. And I started exploring this opportunity. You know, I knew that there could be a lot of pitfalls for Christians with specific values in that industry. But I thought, okay, they claim to be family friendly. I'm going to try to give this a go. And for one year, I worked as a model. I was under this contract. And I remember it was during that one year that I discovered that, you know, like I think we think as women, oh, if I could just be beautiful, if I could just look like that Mm -hmm. other woman. And it's like this carrot that the enemy dangles in front of us saying, if only you looked like her, you know, if only you looked like the the world's number one most beautiful women that people features every year. Like, what the heck? Like, what does that even mean? There's so many different varieties God made, but we think, oh, if I could just reach that plateau of being that sort of beautiful, then I'll be totally happy. I'll be totally content. And I am telling you that one year of working as a model, having that title, which I thought would bring so much confidence, would bring so much security, I was more insecure. I was more obsessed. I was more self-absorbed with my outward appearance, trying to please people, and I became less and less happy. My joy was being zapped. I was not living my life in a way to glorify God in that season. I was just trying to receive the acceptance and approval of others, chasing after the wrong identity, buying into a lie. And so it was through that experience that God really helped me see, wow, it doesn't matter what you achieve. Even if you get the title of a model, it's not enough because that is the lie of the enemy. God designed us to find our full identity in him and our full confidence in him and living out for his glory. And so that took me on a journey of eventually Bethany and I starting Girl Define. We'll get more to that later. But I know from a young age, I was buying into so many lies. Mm -hmm. Totally. And if you want a deep dive again into this topic, grab a copy of our book, Girl Defined, God's Radical Design for Beauty, Femininity, and Identity. I promise you that this book will not disappoint. I actually got a message today from a girl Mm. and she was telling a woman, actually, she's already read the book once and she restarted it in January. as a way to just like refresh and refocus. And I'm like, that's a great idea. Mm -hmm. So if you are like, man, I wish there was a community. I wish there was like people I could do this with. Be the leader. Grab a copy of this book. It doesn't matter how old you are. Um, You know, be a leader and and take initiative. Invite friends, whether it's virtually saying, hey, let's read through Girl Defined together. Let's discuss. It comes with discussion questions. I just want to encourage you to take those steps. Don't just listen and then move on with your life. Take practical steps that will help you get towards better living out and embracing in God's design for your womanhood. Some of you may relate to Kristen. You may be like, oh yeah, that's totally me. Or you might be a little bit more tomboyish or just (laughs) grew up a little bit more like me where you're like, wow, I didn't think about that for a long time. So me, you know, struggling with finding my identity... I feel like I was a late bloomer. I didn't really think about a lot of that stuff. I was just a kid. I was happy playing. But there did come a point where, you know, I was definitely older than 10, um, where I did start to notice the girls around me. And I started to think, hmm, you know, who are the popular girls? Who are the, you know, pretty girls? Who are the ones that are getting attention? Who are the ones that, um, you know, other people want to be around? And I noticed this one girl, and she was very popular, and she had barrettes in her hair. And this was a girl <laughs> at church. And so I thought, hmm, if people really like her, and she's really popular, and she wears these really cute barrettes, maybe if I wear barrettes in my hair, then I'll be really popular and cool as well. And so I thought, hmm, maybe that's a way I can be, you know, find my identity. I didn't know the words to put to it, but that's basically what I was doing. So I went to the store with my mom and I convinced her to buy me a pack of barrettes. And I thought, you know what? If she wears one barrette on each side of her head, (laughs) imagine, imagine the statement and how cool I'll be if I line each side of my head with barrettes. And I am not 
not joking. I literally took all of the barrettes off the package and put half on one side of my head and half on the other. And I remember going to church, you know, for whatever activity it was and just thinking like, oh, here I come. Barrette babe is coming through. And I just felt like so cool, so amazing. But of course, that high only lasted for so long. I had to find another thing. And so that is one of the first times that I remember really searching for my identity and approval in the eyes of others. And as we're talking, I really want you to think for your own life. You know, was it a barrette situation? Was it someone telling you were you were pretty? Was it trying to earn the approval of a parent, maybe through a sporting activity? Think in your own life that first time that you tried to find your worth and identity and saying, who am I? Who am I as a womanhood? Who gives me my worth? I know for me, moving into high school, sports really became this thing that I was good at. And I felt like, okay, wow, like I play really well and people think I'm amazing. And so I was so motivated um, to win and to be the best on my team. And it worked for a long time because I was really good at sports. But, you know, every now and then you have a bad game and then the eyes aren't on you. The accolades aren't in your direction. It's on whoever is on the team who pulled through that game. And I remember thinking in those moments, like so discouraged, so down, because who am, if I'm not Bethany, the basketball girl, if I'm not the best on the team, if I'm not the most athletic, the you know MVP every time, who am I? And I would get so down and so discouraged beyond just like, okay, I need to do better. Come on, let's go. It was just like, you know, to a very unhealthy, you know, not, <laughs> not a good place. And then from there, moving out of high school, I had these dreams eventually of getting married or, you know, at least having a boyfriend moving in that direction. And I remember thinking like, okay, I'm past high school. I'm done with basketball. Okay, maybe if I can just, you know, get a boyfriend, maybe work towards getting married, then I will be satisfied. I'll be complete. And that will just be the start of my life. It'll be beautiful. I'll go on to have so many kids. It'll just be amazing. And so I started to develop this dream. And as the years went on, year one, year two, I'm starting to hit my mid-20s, eventually starting to push my late 20s and literally have no ring on that finger. I was having like a... (laughs) 20-somethings crisis. You know, it wasn't really a midlife crisis, but I was having a crisis because I was, you know, shooting for this thing that I thought would bring me complete happiness and would make me a woman and would make me valuable. And I had to really come to this place of like reckoning with God, like, okay, what gives me worth? What gives me value? What am I living for? And that was one of the points where I had to really come, you know, come face to face with this question of who defines my womanhood and what am I living for? Maybe you have already been to that place and you're like, wow, I'm on a great track. Or maybe you're like, yeah, you know, I thought I was, but now I'm facing something new. Maybe you're like Kristen and I, new moms, and you're Mm -hmm. like, it's a whole new battleground. Wherever you are in life, this is something I think we can never quit on. We have to constantly go back to God's word, go back to scripture to figure out what Mm -hmm. actually gives us worth, what actually gives us value, and who we're actually living for. Yeah. And it's so important because as we find our true identity in Christ, that is where true peace joy and purpose is found. And so if you find yourself wrestling and you have a lot of anxiety, things are really keeping you up at night because you feel like you're not where you should be. As we ground everything about who we are and our purpose and our season of life in the truths of God's word for us as women, it is so liberating in the best biblical sense of that word. And every single one of us, we have to come to a point where we truly and genuinely ask the question. And I don't think this is a one-time thing. I think I used to think this was a one-time thing, Mm -hmm. but I think this question is something every year, every new season, every new struggle we ask. And it's this, who, as Christian women, who are we going to listen to when it comes to our identity as women? Are we going to listen to what the world has to say about our identity? Or are we going to listen to God? And I would even add another one on, 
are we going to listen to our hearts? Yes. Because uh-huh. our hearts are often they they're prone to wander and they're deceitful above all things. We see that in scripture. And so prone to wander. Yeah. Oh, sing Lord, it out. I feel Keep it less. going. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was Wait, you were just telling me that you don't break. like to I know, but belt out in hymns solo. <laughs> if it's to embarrass myself, I'll, I'll go for it. <laughs> if it's for comedy, great. <laughs> if it's for comedy, okay. I don't know how biblical that is. <laughs> she was just watching my boy, Zach, and I had a little getaway, and we sing Amazing Grace that night. And she was like, how could you pick like that hymn? Because our boys were asking her, like, please sing it. And so she got to get a singer. So I'd have to. They're like, please sing. And they're adorable. They're still learning English because they're from Ukraine. And I'm sorry, we're all, they are terrible singers and I'm a terrible singer. And the little one, he barely sings. So the older one, he's singing with me. And I'm like, this is the worst singing between the two of us. Like, it's the, I don't know what the opposite of harmony is, but it's like the opposite of whatever. And I'm like, and then we have to sing multiple verses. And I'm like, thankfully, no one could see and no one is running. Except y'all have a camera in that room. So I'm like, Kristen and Zach are probably spying on us, listening to us sing Amazing you know Grace. We weren't, but I wish we had been. I would have recorded oh. that so fast. Okay, so all of that to say that our heart Hearts are prone to wander, and culture is feeding us an opposite message. But in so many ways, like Adam and Eve in the garden, right, the enemy will say, well, did God really say? And lies can look appealing. They can look beautiful. They can seem truth-filled, but they're not. And that our hearts are telling us all sorts of things. Um, Our emotions are often leading us rather than us leading our emotions with the truth of God's word. And so we have to stop and ask, where, you know, who am I going to listen to? My heart? Society? Or God. And if we say, yes, I want to listen to God, then we have to go to his word. We have to discover what he's saying. Because if we don't know his truth, how in the world can we possibly live by his truth? One of the things we talk about in our book, Girl Defined, early on, I think it's maybe chapter one or two, is this identity of, I mean, this identity, is this idea of an identity checklist. And we call it the big bad identity checklist. Because if we were saying it, that's how it would be. (laughs) And it's this idea that there are things where in our mind, without even realizing it, we have this running checklist of all of the things that we need to have the boxes checked on in order to be a successful woman, in order to find our true identity, right? Now, hear me out. From the youngest to the oldest, here's some examples of what our identity, our personal identity checklist might look like. So maybe you're younger, you're on TikTok, Instagram, and you're thinking, oh, I'm supposed to dance like all those girls if I don't have followers and TikTok videos like all those popular girls then I'm a failure, right? Okay, got it. Check. You check that identity checklist. Or, oh, I'm supposed to make the varsity team as a ninth grader. If you're in high school, I know sports are a huge deal for sports players. You think, oh, I have to do that or I'm ruined. Okay, got it. Check. Oh, I'm supposed to flaunt what I got. That's what the world tells me as a woman. That's empowering. Okay, got it. Check. Oh, and okay. I just have to jump in for that one because a lot of people are going to be like, I don't do that. I don't flaunt what I got. Oh my goodness. On social media, it's like the nicest, most innocent moms, but then it's like a trend. And then all of a sudden it's like, boom, baby, let me show you what I got, you know? So it's like, I feel like we have to think in terms of like our modern day, like let's not put ourselves above this, you know? Like Mm -hmm. a lot of us, okay, we might not do this in real life, but a lot of us do it on social media. Mm, Which is real life. I know. It's just virtual. I know. That's what I'm (laughs) saying. So I'm just trying to help you think a little bit deeper. Yeah, that's good. Okay, you might be thinking, and this is a huge one, oh, I'm supposed to be that skinny, right? Or that curvy? Okay, got it. Check. And we chase after a very specific mold physically of what what we think a perfect right woman is. Oh, I'm supposed to have a boyfriend by that age. Oh, I'm supposed to get married young. 
old. Never. I mean, the messages are so conflicting, right? Like every every chick mm-hmm. flick is all about finding your dream, like match yes. and sailing off into the sunset. But then at the same time, culture's voice is like, you don't need a man. You're strong. Rise so above. Confusing. Live your life alone. Like, OK, that sounds great. Like, OK, so where are what checklists do you have when it comes to relationships on either end of the spectrum? Uh, maybe you're thinking, "Ooh, I need to be a boss, babe. Like, I need to I need to tell people what I want mm-hmm. and get my way. And no one's going to stomp on me. Maybe you have been hurt. Legitimate that you've been sinned against in very hurtful ways and that has jaded you and that now you find yourself to be a very hard woman and you think, okay, I've got to stand up for myself. I've got to do what I need to do. No one's going to ever mow me over again. Okay, got it. Check for you. That is what it means to be a woman. Um, Maybe you push everyone aside. You're like, my dreams come first before family, before God, before anything. Maybe you're not saying that, but you look at your calendar, you look at your life, you look at your goals, what you're pursuing relentlessly, and you start to realize, oh, okay, got it. Check. For me, it's pursuing my dreams relentlessly. Uh, Maybe it has to do with beauty, like for me, or sports. Like for Bethany, we mentioned earlier, so many things, goals. I mean, the list goes on and on. Our identity checklist is endless. And did you notice that a lot of those things weren't necessarily bad things. Like some of them uh weren't so great, but some of them it's like, okay, like not necessarily bad, but when we view that as a checklist for what it means to be a true biblical woman, that becomes our focus, that becomes our aim, and that is really when it becomes Mm -hmm. a lie. Well, and I find it even more confusing because on the one hand, we're being told that true satisfaction is found in loving yourself and being true to yourself. I mean, Mm -hmm. that is being like like nobody's business right now. I mean, it's just like insane. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But then it's really, really confusing because at the very same time that we're being told, like, just be true to yourself, love yourself, you know, speak your truth. We're also being told, like, here's what it takes to be lovable. And this is what it takes to be a real woman. No, it's insane. It's super confusing. So here's what I mean. It's like, you just need to be true to yourself, embrace your true beauty. But then all of a sudden, we're also, you know, seeing like a rise in cosmetic procedures and mm-hmm. basically, you know, breast implants and lip um, enhancements, lip, lip enhancements, lip fillers, you yeah, know, yeah. just tons of stuff like that. Or, you know, like here you can kind of like redo your eyebrows in this way, change your eye shape, um, you know, get your nose kind of shaved down so that it can be a different shape. And, you know, we're being told, like, just embrace yourself. But at the same time, no, well, you're not actually good enough. You should look a little bit different. If your nose were just a little bit slimmer, if your lips were just a little bit bigger. I mean, the amount of procedures that you can get done from, you know, breast enhancements, butt enhancements, thinner, waist thinners. I mean, these are things that I feel like used to be, it used to be like, oh, only the most rich and powerful and famous did these things. But now it's average everyday people. It's becoming more affordable. It's becoming more available. And so it's becoming an option. Like, maybe if I just did that, then I would truly be, you know, lovable and liked and valuable. Um, You know, the magazines, we, you know, literally we have a magazine that is put Mm -hmm. out that says, the top 100 most beautiful women, and then there is the most beautiful woman. So we have the top 100, and then we have the number one most beautiful woman. And every year it changes, but somehow for that year, above every other woman, above every other hair color, skin color, this one particular look with this one particular eye shape, body type, everything, they're saying this is what it means to be the most beautiful woman. And so all of us, it's like, great, well, I guess we're just a bunch (laughs) of losers over here, you know? But then next year, maybe there's hope because it might look like me. I mean, it's just absolutely Mm -hmm. ridiculous because it's like, speak your truth, be true to yourself, embrace yourself, but also here's the standard, you know? It's like, how can we ever measure up? How can we ever live by this? I mean, it's just insane. They're so, like, The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, shows that just... I think, corrupt our mind, warp our perspective of what true worth, lasting worth, identity in Christ, all of that, you know, where it's found. And 
I, you know, I am not standing up here going, look at you, how dare you? It's like I have my own amount of sin and wrong perspectives to work on, and I am constantly striving to grow and, you know, be sanctified. Sanctification is a process. So it's we're not standing here like pointing our finger saying, how dare you if you watch that show? But we really do want you to take into account, like, who am I following? Who am I listening to? Am I constantly following shows or, you know, social media influencers who are pouring these perspectives and slowly chipping away at what I think and what I value? Value, mm-hmm. um, you know, is my is my fashion defined by what I see out there, and I feel like I have to spend and spend and spend to keep up with the latest. Um, I just want you to stop and say, okay. Like, what does God say about all of this? What does his word say? Am I aligning my values with his truth? Or am I looking and absorbing and taking in what other people say is the measure of success and then striving endlessly? Mm-hmm. And I just want to encourage you to know that God's measure of success never changes. It is not the world's measure of success. It is completely different. And we know from scripture over and over again that our worth has nothing to do with our accomplishments, Mm -hmm. but everything to do with the worth that God places on us. Your worth, sister, has nothing to do with your achievements, how pretty other people think you are, your successes. It ultimately has to do with the gospel and Jesus coming to earth to die for you so that you could be adopted into his family and be a child, a daughter of God. Ultimately, that is the most important thing about you. And we know in scripture, we see things like charm is deceitful and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord, she is to be praised. And that man looks out the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. We know that God's measure of success and his standard for living is just completely different because ultimately it's found in Christ and ultimately our identity is found in him. And he says, stop living, stop striving after what other people are doing. Live by my standard. Focus on the inner person of the heart. Run the race I've set before you. And that's the race of living for my glory and telling others about me. And so I just want to encourage you as you're thinking about all of these things and maybe feeling convicted and struggling with all of this, just to know that there is a different way. There is a more freeing way. You can lay down all of this bondage and the weight of striving to measure up and say, no, I'm not going to believe those lies anymore. I'm going to instead chase after truth. And just remember, God doesn't base your worth on any of those things. He doesn't base your worth on how pretty you are. Mm-hmm. by the ever-changing standards of society. He doesn't base your worth on how popular you are amongst your peers. He doesn't base your worth on how many guys like you and ask you out. He doesn't base your worth on how many kids you're able to have, whether mm-hmm. you you know have 10 or you're unable to have any. Like That is literally not how he bases your worth. He doesn't base your worth on how much money you have, how beautiful or big your house is. I mean, ugh, you know, it seems like everyone mm-hmm. on social media is like, I just bought this new yes. house and here's my renovations and, you know, like millions of dollars later, yeah, oh, and, you know, I'm like always home and just shopping and you're like, where did I get all your money, people? You know, it's like, oh my goodness. You know, he doesn't base your worth on, you know, how cellulite free your legs are. Praise the Lord for that one. Or how youthful you are. I mean, our culture is obsessed with being youthful. God doesn't base your worth on that. Or even, get this, he doesn't base your worth on how much church you attend or Mm. even how many times you open your Bible. We have to get out of this religious, works-based way Mm -hmm. of living. Because our culture, they do that too. Here's what you need to do to have value. And as Christians, oftentimes we do that too. God, here's what I can do to be valuable in your eyes. We need to get rid of all of that and embrace the truth of God's word, which is found (laughs) in his word, but then also in the gospel, knowing Mm. we are redeemed daughters of God. And that is the most important thing Mm -hmm. about us. And I love what you said about like when we remember 
what Christ did for us, the gospel, when we keep that at the forefront of our mind, that Christ came to this earth, died a gruesome death, so sinners like us could turn to him and have an opportunity to have our sins forgiven by the perfect Savior. And when we place our trust and faith in him, he adopts us into his family. And when that transaction happens, really, we become a new creature in Christ, a new creature in Christ. And he wipes away all of our sins. He gives us that eternal life. And the most incredible thing that happens is that he gives us a brand new purpose. Mm. So our identity as Christians, it's easy to throw the word around and to kind of forget what it actually means. Because when we are adopted, and I'm telling you, after adopting our two boys from Ukraine and walking through that earthly adoption process, I feel like it opened up my eyes um, and gave me the most beautiful picture of why scripture uses that parallel illustration of earthly adoption versus our adoption as children of God, because it is the most compelling, powerful thing. When we brought the boys into our home, they took on a new identity. They took on a new culture. They had new purpose and meaning and value. They were loved. They were accepted. They took on a new name. They now have a new inheritance. And seeing that physically just helped me to see in a much, much deeper way what the Bible is talking about when it says that's what God does for us. We are lost, orphaned daughters, and God brings us in. He accepts us. He dies for us. He becomes our father. We become his daughters. He gives us a new name, a new inheritance, a new identity, and a new purpose. And when we believe that and remember that and say, oh, that is who I am, it changes everything about what we value. Literally, understanding our identity completely changes what we view as our purpose. Because when you keep your identity as an adopted daughter of God here on this earth to glorify God, to build his kingdom, then when you're tempted to think beauty is what's going to really give you worth and purpose, you're tempted to think that next job is what's going to finally satisfy you, you're tempted to think that your season of life is where your true identity is found, you can immediately dismiss those lies and say, that is not my true purpose. That is not my truest identity. I am a daughter of God and I am here for God's glory to glorify him in every season of stage, um, every stage of life. And I am here to build his kingdom and I can do that right now. My life is an, oh, I am open-handed, surrendered to God, and my life is about glorifying and serving him. And how liberating and freeing is that? And I love that you share your whole adoption story and, you know, all about finding your identity in Christ mm. and learning to trust him in our brand new book, Not yeah. Part of the Plan, trusting God with the twists and turns of your story. And I know that talking about this can bring up a lot of just like feelings of anxiety and just like uh, just unrest and and fear of like, well, if I give this up, what will the future look like? If yeah. I surrender, what will the future look like? And Kristen and I open up our lives in the most raw and relatable way in our brand new book, Not Part of the Plan, Trusting God with the Twists and Turns of Your Story. If you are a woman who says, yes, I want to trust God with my, you know, just identity. I want to trust him with my future. I want to give up and surrender these plans. I've had my hands, you know, clenched around. I encourage you to grab a copy of Not Part of the Plan, Trusting God with the Twists and Turns of Your Story. You can grab that at girldefined.com slash trust, girldefined.com slash trust trust. I know that will be hugely helpful on your journey of learning to trust God. And again, you can invite friends to do this. There's a complete study guide that goes along with it. It comes, it's free with the book. So grab a copy. And I'm, I know that will mm -hmm. be super helpful as you learn to trust God in this area. Yeah. And as we are wrestling with our identity and the culture's goalposts are constantly changing, like you were saying about beauty and all of these different areas, one thing that we can count on when we when we find our identity in Christ, we can count on the fact that
that his goalposts for truth, it never changes. It never changes. And so why do we, as mere humans, right? God knows we are but dust. Like he knows we're weak. That's why his word exhorts us in this. But we're so prone to wander and chase after things that are so temporal, that aren't going to last, that are going to change when God is saying, come to me. Like I am the living water. Come to me and find your identity and your purpose in me. I have a beautiful identity for you as my daughter. And when you find it in me, you will be anchored. You will not be wavering. So much of the anxiety you fear is because you're looking for your purpose and identity in the wrong places. But when you find it in me, you will have security in that. I mean, how many of us long for security, Mm -hmm. right? We long for stability. We long for peace. We long for inner peace in the deepest places of our heart that no one else can see where we know there's a lot of anxiety. God is saying, when you come to me and you find your identity in me and what I did for you and your purpose as a Christian woman, you will be so secure. You will be so confident in me. There will be no goalposts that are changing. My definition of womanhood, of your identity, of success, it's always the same. And your purpose will remain the same from the time you're young until the time you die. And here's the truth that God wants us to remember from his word, that he is our creator, which means he is the only one who has the true authority to say where our worth and value comes from. I mean, let that sink in. The world has a lot of things to say. Our hearts have a lot of things to say. But who created us? Who made us? Who is giving us the very breath in our lungs? Who decided the day we were going to be born? Who knows the days uh, that we have to live on this earth? Who knows the amount of hair that we have on our head? And my hair is very thin, so the Lord knows. I don't have as many hairs as many of you. (laughs) But I'm secure in that. This is how the Lord made me. I'm accepting it. God is the one who knows all things. He placed the stars and the heaven, the moon. He created the galaxies. That same God is your creator. And therefore, he is the only one who has the authority to say what gives you purpose and value and where your worth comes from. So sister, let's turn to him. Let's turn to that creator and let's remember truths from his word. I just want to read you a quick list. If you're like, uh, still wrestling with believing this, I want to read you um, some truths about what God's word says about us as Believing women who are adopted into God's family, God says that we are loved by him. We are redeemed by him. We are forgiven by him. We're adopted by him. We're daughters of him. We're servants of him. We're chosen by him. We're intricately made by him. We're made for his glory. We're made to be in an intimate relationship with him. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit. We are filled with hope in Christ. And our purpose in all of this is to live a life to glorify God, to point others to him, and to build his kingdom. I want you to imagine what your life would look like right now if you stopped trying to measure up to the ever-changing standards of society and instead started living listening to who God says you are as his redeemed daughter. All of those things you just read, Kristen, mm-hmm. and there are so many more. I mean, if we look in scripture, it's like these are unchanging, you know? These are not things that are going to move tomorrow and God's going to say, oh, I just tricked you. You know, here's here's what I say now. Like, no, his word is unchanging. And so I just want you to think like, wow, what would your life look like if you stopped chasing in this never-ending hamster wheel where it's like, oh, it never ends, mm-hmm. trying to measure up to society and instead said, God, I'm going to choose to be a woman who embraces your word. I'm going to be ch- choose to be a woman who lives out my identity in you and who says, wow, living for you, knowing you, pointing others to you truly is the most purpose-filled, most wonderful, most satisfying thing I could ever do with my life. Like, Imagine how different your life goals would look if you really believed that. Imagine how different your relationships would look if really you weren't the most important thing in your life, but Jesus were. Imagine. Imagine how much more seriously you'd take God's word if you truly believed that it was the most important truth in the world. Imagine how much more seriously you'd take your relationship with God. 
Imagine how different your perspective of yourself would be when you looked in the mirror. If you saw yourself through God's eyes, just imagine how differently you would view yourself. I mean, I have got like a raging pimple on the top of my nose right now. I even, when my husband saw me this morning, he's like, have you been crying? And I was like, oh, no. no, because you know when you have like a huge pimple and it like yes. just makes your nose super red and you're like, and it's a painful one. And you know, I'm not defined by that though. And thankfully I have an amazing husband who loves me and doesn't, you know, he feels bad that I have a hurting pimple on my nose. He's not like, oh, I'm not going to look at you today. You know, it's like, no, he loves me just the same. And that's, God doesn't mm-hmm. define our words. So imagine how different, you know, even if you have a raging pimple on the front of your your nose. Like, it doesn't matter. Imagine how your social media feed would change if you truly believed who God says you are and what your purpose in life is, truly. Imagine how differently your thoughts would be when you passed a billboard with a perfectly airbrushed and photoshopped model on it. Instead of thinking like, I'm worthless. Imagine what you would think instead. Like, that doesn't define my worth. God doesn't measure the success of a woman and the and the worth of a woman. What, you know, if she's on a billboard with, you know, photoshopped legs that are half the size of things mine ever will be, you know? Like, that's <laughs> not it. Imagine how much your womanhood would be about bringing honor and glory to God Mm -hmm. rather than yourself. And that's the heart of everything we want to share with you today. Your womanhood is not about you. It's not about, you know, just pointing others to you. It is ultimately about honoring, bringing honor and glory to Mm -hmm. God rather than to yourself. And I want to read you this quote from our book, Girl Define, God's Radical Design for Beauty, Femininity, and Identity. And like I said, you can grab that at girldefined.com or wherever books are sold. And it we say, God is looking for women like you to courageously go against the grain of modern culture. He needs women who are brave, women who will set a new trend, think outside the box, and raise the bar for femininity. He needs women who refuse to live for the applause of this world and instead live for the applause of their king. That is the kind of woman we are challenging you to become. And we want you to help us share this message with other women so that they can find freedom as well. So please leave a five-star review, leave a comment, let us know what you liked about this and go back through the archives and be encouraged. Listen on your walks, listen as you're driving because we want you to know God deeper. We want you to be a woman who truly embraces your identity as God's redeemed daughter. Thanks so much for spending time with us today and we hope that you'll join us again next week. See you later, guys.